Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk Pod. Uh, this episode is Sugar, Spike, and All Things Nice uh, with a special game, game <laughs> special guest, the amazing, the talented, the supersonic, Kane. See Kane. So there's only um, two of us today, but that's fine. That's more than enough to make this episode bang. So we're going to get off as we usually do. Kane, are you ready to? To drop this quote on us Okay Are you guys ready? I'm ready yeah. Born ready Okay I got a backup Just in case you guys flop <laughs> Yeah <laughs> You can need right. it <clears throat> This one goes like this Because if you don't You'll think you deserve What others tell you You deserve You have to first demand respect Or will never be given to you Ooh I feel like I know this one <laughs> Is this a Is this a British Something I don't know You tell me Oh I'm not even going to pretend like I know it, to be honest. I have no idea. Can we have the easy quote? Yeah, the easy one. <clears throat> if you want to be somebody, if you want to go to <laughs> Ting, 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 ting. It's time for. First and foremost, though, <laughs> I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm not playing this game anymore because I keep losing. This is the third forfeit. I've, I'm not playing this game no more. I can't wait to be the forfeit later. Hmm. <laughs> the first one was being Mary Jane. Okay, so. I just feel like right <laughs> because because CK did not play the game properly because meant to be the same uh the same we did a free. TV sure is is it yes oh I just feel like you know I shouldn't have to do it I feel like actually you should do it but if I never told As, you that you wouldn't have known and if you got it right suddenly this wouldn't have been yeah. An issue. Anyway, so Kate and I are going to convene later and think up the forfeit for you, babe. Yeah. If you're a victim of bullying, <laughs> like myself, <laughs> can you can come and speak to me? Uh, so, as always, we're going to discuss with you some of the stuff we've been watching. So, our real good watch, ladies. Is there anything you guys have um, been watching recently that you love? Yes, actually. So, um, me and CK have both been watching a program called The Bodyguard. Um, so, The Bodyguard is a is a British show, mm. and it's all around. Sort of MI five and the Prime Minister, mm-hmm. and um, I find like movies about terrorism really, really interesting. It's actually a series, six part series, not that nice. long, but it's you know full action from day one. It's really current. Um, loads of twists and turns. Yeah. If you've ever watched a program called Brits, which is around around the terrorism scandal as well, oh, okay. very similar to that. It's it's sick. I loved it. I'm trying to think. I it wasn't a recent. Well, it's a kind of recent watch. So in the last like month, I've watched Fleabag. So it's by Phoebe Waller Bridge, the same woman who wrote Killing Eve. I don't know if you guys have watched that show. Mm-hmm. So good. So Killing Eve is about this um, very charismatic psychopath, and she's an assassin, and she goes around killing people. And there's this particular detective called Eve, whose aim is to go out and basically find this woman. This. Uh, Basically, Assassin ends up falling in love with Eve And it's this cat and mouse chase of them kind of chase each other And just give kind of context I think the final season Sorry, the final episode of season one Ended with, I think, them in bed She'd stabbed Eve So Eve shot her Is that kind of like But it's it's BBC, but it's so well written That I think it it won um, won Sarah O. So she was in Grey's Anatomy. It won her, a, I think, a Golden Globe or something. Mm-hmm. And for a British show to do that, like, well in America, it mm-hmm. has to be, like, 
top notch. It's excellent. But yeah, Fleabag is written by Phoebe. And it's kind of like if Insecure was about a middle class white woman from oh. Wanstead. Okay. Very specific. Very location. specific. But it's like, it makes, when you watch it, the specificness of it is brilliant. Like mm. it, her poshness just kind of adds to the whole... Yeah, it's, it's perfect. What about you, CKN? Do you have any real good watch? Oh, it's not a good watch, but I watched the Being Mary Jane movie. Okay. Talk oh, the, the oh. season. We actually went to the uh, we went to the season finale of that. Thank you, BET, for inviting us. We appreciate it. Well, boy, no, I don't thank you guys because I, <laughs> I really didn't like it. I felt like it was rushed. Mm. Yeah, so. Yeah, How long was it? Um, an hour and a bit. So is this a, is this a film finale or just like yeah, a film? It was a film finale. So uh, they had series before that. Mm-hmm. And then th- that was the finale. I think they cut it. So, so a question, because yeah. I've never watched the show. I know my mum mm. loves it. Can you give us a quick rundown of like what the premise of the show is? Um, do you want me to step in? I can do yes. that. I like, actually used to really watch <laughs> Be Mary Jane, like loved it. So um, Be Mary Jane is, if you think about Insecure without the kind of sarcasm and humor is very much around um this black successful woman and her like dating life and how so she's actually a news reporter mm-hmm. and how she balances like her career the pressures from her family because she's like the owner um and just her horrific disastrous dating life and these pressures of wanting to have kids and get married so it's all around that and very similar to um Issa Rae she makes a bunch of bad decisions yeah so that's what um it's about and i agree i remember watching that finale and even down to like the cinematography and the filming you know just the editing was was in my opinion was rushed it Mm -hmm. was you know some of the editing was cut short some of the shots didn't for me didn't make sense compared to like what i'm used to them doing and the quality and the detail personally i guess because we haven't discussed the game of friends finale no (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's get into it You know that that video, yeah. Of all the women sipping drinks. Sipping drinks. That's that how... is me right now. Okay, can, let me start, yeah. No, please, because I first and foremost, yeah, Game of Friends. Why would you? I like, I know you lot don't care about us. I know you don't care about our feelings, but like, just for the final season, you could you could have cared a little bit, like just a tiny bit. First and foremost, right. I didn't get the showdown I needed between... Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. To be honest, I don't if care about you lot right now. This time. You're unserious. <laughs> right? I needed a Daenerys and Cersei showdown. Right? I needed that. You didn't give it to me. I need that. I, I needed that. I need that. Arya used that many-faced power one time. Why? Why did you drag us through the mud with that, this long storyline for her to use it one time? In general, I agree with a lot of the comments around like the season finale being very rushed, even down to the fact that there was a Starbucks cup and then a bottle of water, something that you guys should be looking through frame by frame. Um, the only thing I didn't agree with, I kept seeing comments about Cersei's death and, oh, it wasn't fair, we needed it. I changed my tune on that. Having rewatched it, I think her death was actually very fitting because... Cersei was all about power and glamour. And literally in that moment, her walls, her walls are crumbling. Wait, that sounds a bit like innuendo. Um it's all right. People can yeah. <laughs> grown grown people business, grown people talking. No, I feel like the kind of irony in you in know a, her a very whole world crumbling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And keeping in mind, you know, she was always around these King's Landing. She's never, if I think about it, she never left King's She never Landing. left King's Landing. So the same walls that protected her killed exactly. her, essentially. That's her. I, I mean, that's quite poetic. I think. A lot of the characters just didn't ring true. I do, a lot of people were like, oh, Daenerys, I don't agree with her 
breakdown. I do, but I feel like in the time we were given, it was too rushed. Absolutely. She was cut. I mean, after the woman was like burning people, crucifying people, she's been on violence. The whole point is that the the point we graduated to was so rushed that it was subtle things like Varys trying to poison her, mm. you know, losing her trust. That went know. over my head, you know. I didn't know that. That's he why she wasn't eating. Because Varys was trying to poison her. I and thought she wasn't eating because she was upset because of Missandei of course. killed. No, so basically Varys was trying to poison her. Mm. And that's why the little girl kept coming and was like, they're watching me in the kitchen. And mm. he was like, don't worry, they'll always do that kind of thing. So I feel like a lot of the developments were rushed. I do feel like we could have had at least two seasons. But I get it. If you've been playing a character for 10 years, at some point you're going to be exhausted. Mm. But I feel like if they'd given us 12 episodes at least, a lot of the filler episodes... Maybe would have stretched out better. Bran being king. So you're going to tell me hmm. that my guy was dragged through the snow. By the way, the girl who dragged him got no shout out, no thank you. Nothing. Hodor ended up becoming Hodor. The Night King died from one little prick. And you knew this was going to happen. So you knew your dad was going to die. You knew your sister was going to be captured and raped and brutalized. And stressed out You knew Arya was going to have to do up like Girl with no name You knew John was going to have his rightful place removed So you just knew all of this was happening But decided to just be like ah, I was right, right where I needed to be all along Like you didn't want to tell no one You didn't want to just be like Oh guys don't worry we've got this you know And my thing is like Not only that You're telling me this person somehow is going to be the best ruler He's going to then kill off thwards of people Because he's going to see wars come in before they happen And be like let's dead off all these guys So he too is going to be like a megalomaniac Also I just thought it was kind of funny because people tweeted about it, how they're like, Bran should be king. And Sansa was like, his junk don't work. Imagine. <laughs> he can't have kids. Of all things. But also the thing I didn't agree with as well is that they were like, oh, people love stories. Who has the best story? Uh, John. Uh, hello. He was like right, raised literally. as a bastard. He came from the dead. Like, he came back from the dead. Right. Like, come on, my guy freed the wildlings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, the char- the way they kind of killed off all the character development as well really, really, really irritated me. I think, di- oh, did you hear this, right? So the ending that is now is not actually the ending that was supposed to be. What was that? They changed the ending because people found out about the ending. So I don't actually know what the ending was supposed to be, but the writers actually said, oh, it, the ending got leaked, so we're changing it. Who cares? Just, Who cares? Just Give do us- it. Please, because this, uh, you've got 10 minutes remaining exam question. I'm level. telling you, it was so rushed. Right. Yeah, it's a shame because for for what should have really been the best show, in I'm no exaggeration, I up until this season finale, I think Game of Thrones was the best show on TV yeah, yeah. ever. Better than The Wire, better than, better than Sopranos, better than Breaking Bad. I've but, never watched Breaking Bad, so I, I can't comment. But yeah. having seen certain clips... I may give it a go. Yeah, I think I think you should. I mean, this show started back in 2011 when I had the Rihanna shaved head side. So like, we've come. <laughs> <laughs> we all had that. Look. I just realized CK doesn't actually watch Game of Thrones yet. Which is why she's so quiet. But wow. so uh, yeah, apologies. It's all right. You'll forget everything we said. I'm not gonna watch it. You should. You guys are so disappointed. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Do you know what? I envy you though. I envy you because I wish I could have that experience of watching Game of Thrones again for the first time. Because yeah. the twists and turns. I think you started watching it, right? Yeah. What did you get to, up to? Um, this was just episode two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not even at episode two yet. Um, what is it? I think I've gone past where he dashes the. The guy out the window. So the that's, episode, that's episode one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Are you still on season one? So yeah. episode one. Okay. Season one, episode one. I need you to get, there's a particular episode called The Red Wedding. Okay. That is the episode you need to get out to. Just yeah. enjoy that. Even if you just get up to there and you're like, cool, just I've had enough. It. But yeah, because I, um, I got an X into Game of Thrones 
Um, and then they watched it and they were like, yo, this is the best thing ever. So much so that he actually sat and stayed in for like a week just to catch up on all the seasons yes, to be in time with season eight. But yeah, like Game of Thrones is top quality apart from this season. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. So um, this week's episode, we're going to kind of delve into, I think, Black Britishness. I think that currently we're really, really having a renaissance. And I think renaissance is even like... Um, an understatement. What I think is happening is that we're really cementing our place within British culture. And this probably sounds really grandiose and large and stuff, but I think given we've only been in this country as a collective in recent history anyway, for the past, like, let's say like 60 odd years, I think we're getting to a point where black Britishness, like we're in the charts, we influence what's cool. We always have to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like we are in essence starting to roadmap what the culture of Britain for all intents and purposes looks like. I mean, you're on Newsnight and they've got people singing drill versions of like politics rundowns. So we've clearly <laughs> got We made somewhere. it. We made it, mama. And also, you know, shout out to the Ends Festival. I know it was Planet X and Wit, I think Wit B on Twitter mm-hmm. who helped organize it. And I've heard only good and fantastic things. And of course he came performing. Shout outs to you. So like, yeah, it's amazing that we're really just carving these spaces. And honestly, I said this on Twitter, I prefer the Ends Festival to Wireless. I feel like the right people were there. The vibe was there. Um, on the front, on front house, everything was organized smoothly. I heard the toilets were consistently clean, and that made me right. Feel just something so <laughs> simple. The food was great as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, we went on the Saturday, obviously, as CK and Perform. How was um, it? Oh, it was that great. was Wizkid, right? Yeah. Wizkid was amazing. Like I wasn't even expecting him to be that good, and all the acts were really good. Um, you know, oh, bless one Asen who fell off the stage. Oh, bless is, him! But you know what I love about about Asen as well is that he just turns things around. So he just made a you know a joke of himself. So he had like one Asen perform, Temi the artist, uh, Alakai, Daneo, Cranium, Ma- uh, Malik. Very, Very oh, so you had some big, some really big headlines. I love that, and then of course the up and comers, and I think that's amazing to mix them together mm-hmm. and exactly. let people experience a plethora of like everything we have going on. So in the same breath, we're going to discuss. <sighs> She's got to have it. Mm. So um, just a quick update. So I was watching. She's got to have it. I was procrastinating from writing my own show, so I thought, let me watch some. <laughs> some Netflix, and I remember She's Got to Have It came out last year, and I can't remember how I felt about it, but I remember being like, eh. So I was with a friend And she was like Oh let's watch this show I'm really excited for it to come back I think I got through like Four episodes The show itself is written very weirdly It's like a long spoken word poem And no one really No character really makes much sense But so we move When you get to episode five This is where I sort of went Come Okay (laughs) Shout out to Davidu Um, Basically um, The character Noda Darling is Dating a person called Olu Oluwole, who apparently, even despite his name being Yoruba, is actually Alsa, wearing Ghana and Kente with a Kenyan accent. But apparently this isn't important. <laughs> so apparently this isn't important. That's fine. We push past. Um, and they're having this conversation on the couch where she's basically discussing randomly that she thinks Black British actors are taking over the spaces of Black um, Americans. And she mispronounces uh, John Boyega's name. She calls him like John... Bodega and she would tell Edgia for, I think she was like tofu or something. And then she then proceeds to say how, um, you know, we're in love with our captors. We have Stockholm syndrome. We deny all the, the impacts of slavery that happened to us. Hello, people from the West Indies called. Um, and then oddly enough, this character somehow unbeknownst to us, cause he represents all black British people is like, you know what, Nola, 
you're so right. I love how you discuss these hmm. things that everyone's afraid to discuss. And he then, in his really bad British accent, he's like, oh, do you know, like, uh, the reason we can like take your roles is because we're not burdened by like the the black British, the black American trauma shit. And it's like, okay, so this is the biggest freaking lie. First of all, because hello, like we've got people who are being killed in the street. Mm -hmm. We have the Windrush scandal that just happened. Mm -hmm. You have Grenfell. Mm -hmm. Not only that, if you look at the disparity of the mortality rates of black women giving birth in the UK, then on top of that, we look at the rising um, number of xenophobia attacks. You look at who is in the low-income housing, who's being denied healthcare, who's being denied a mental healthcare. It's the biggest load of bollocks, excuse my French, I've ever heard. Um, and it was the biggest insult to me, mainly because I think Black British people for a long time have looked towards America because we haven't had our own stuff. And it's not because we don't want to have our own stuff, but the kind of infrastructure we have in this country, it's very cultural. And a lot of Black people are outside said culture that controls what television sounds like, what radio sounds like, et cetera. Mm. We're just starting to permeate. And to be fair to us, we've only been in this country for a long, like for a significant amount of time in the past two, two three generations. Whereas Americans have been there for like two, 300 years. Not that they've had autonomy for all those years. Um, so yeah, I basically spoke about, no, I recorded with some commentary, um, <laughs> the clip, and then it kind of blew up out of nowhere. Um, John Boyega saw it, Renier Lodge saw it, um, a couple of the cast members, I think, saw it. And you're even being humble, so that made its way onto BBC, guys. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Me and my weekday, Monday to Friday work face made it to the BBC. Thank you. Um, and yeah, I just basically was saying how I think as Black British people were kind of over this narrative of like, we have it easier because we sound the way we do. And in some respects, maybe we do in America, but as existing as Black people, outside of America, Black people are not all having some sort of massive pajama party. Like there right. is struggle wherever we are. And the struggle is not going to be identical. Like, okay, we're not getting shot in the streets, but that's because our policemen aren't allowed to have guns, most of them. Yeah. You know, okay, you know, maybe currently they're not putting lead in our water. We don't have the issues that they have over in... um shoot I've forgotten uh, Flint mm -hmm. but what we do have is kids getting excluded out of school at a higher rate we do have certain areas so if you look at um, boroughs like Haringey where the majority is black where they have like the lowest amount of literacy and then you look at the schools and everything else so you know there's there's things going on I think the um, racism here is a lot more systemic I yeah. think I was really disappointed I ha actually haven't even watched do not, I'm not going do to not even... I'm not going to Um, I think I was what what Made it more disappointing for me So obviously I'm first generation uh, Jamaican mm. You know what I'm saying I came from Jamaica And For for people to say that We're not burdened with The way Like this is the, what We're not burdened with What did it say The, the, the history of The slavery. history The trauma of slavery And that we have I Stockholm syndrome I think that's such an ignorant thing to say And Just I feel like a lot of um, Black Americans I don't want to get into Kind of the whole Diaspora war And of the whole country not. war But yeah. I feel like a lot of Black Americans Have this idea that we are we feel like we're superior and they make a lot of comments about actors and actresses point blank period right some of the best actors and actresses come out of britain that's nothing to do with we're taking up space you're acting that's the point is it's not it's not comparable to skin tone it's not oh this is a, a someone light skin playing the role of a dark skin mm -hmm. girl someone white playing the role of an asian um asian role this is we are all, all collectively black. Yes, we have different experiences. But as an actor, you're meant to step into a role. Do you know what I'm saying? You're you, meant to... You fulfill the role. You become like... If you look at Idris Elba, so many Americans did not know he was British mm -hmm. until recently. Why? Because when he was in The Wire, he became... Um, damn, I've got his character's name. And we have the same birthday. But he became that character. <laughs> and um, 
I think what's so frustrating is that people in this country are like classically trained and they embody those roles. And of course you have Yale access and stuff in America. I'm not disputing that at all. But I'm saying to act if we sort of just hop on a plane and like, cool, we're taking the jobs and we're unqualified. That's not what happens. Mm. People who are amazing actors and Americans come here all the time. Denzel Washington came and did theatre here. Mm-hmm. Um, we consistently have them come and do off theatre productions or do smaller British shows because here in the country, we kind of like grittier Darker things yeah, I mean as Anyone would know If they know me and Mon We have like the same Sort of very dark Dark, humor. dark <laughs> British humour So if you look at Early Black Mirror episodes Compared to now The more Americanized episodes To me that's a perfect example Of the difference Between the two kind of actors And the first um, episodes Are much better in my opinion I love that They're much better To me there's something about The doom and gloom Of Britain And like sort of Sci-fi madness That just kind of Goes hand in hand But um, yeah I think it's a shame because there's so much culture that we can really learn from each other. And I think now that we as Black Brits are very much having our own voice, like I was saying to my little sister, how cool I think it is that for the first time, she could probably listen to the radio for a solid hour and not hear an American artist. And that's not to say American artists aren't good, but that's to say that literally our music is respected enough that now on the radio, you can listen to mm-hmm. Afro Swing, Bashment, whatever you want. And for a solid hour, everyone will be from North, from East, from, from wherever, from Birmingham, from Leeds, from Manchester. It is our sound And that makes me really proud Because for a long time as kids You know Because the next time we're going to discuss The stuff we watched as kids mm-hmm. We're probably all old enough To remember Trouble TV mm. Remember when you were Summer holidays You couldn't go outside yeah. Your mum was like Stay in the house Don't want you outside You watch what Fresh Prince One on one My wife and kids mm-hmm. Cousin Skeeter All the rest of it And they're all very Very American shows We didn't have anything I remember as a kid Watching That So Raven And like loving that show Because I was like oh, Okay cool There's like a black girl On TV But we never really had that I mean, yeah. I'm sure we had some stuff. I Cleopatra. Think I, okay, oh, yeah. Cleopatra. I was really, I think I was like six or seven when they were out yeah. there. It was Cleopatra. I think, I guess Tracy Beaker, yeah. in a way. Um, who else did we have? Can't relate. Didn't grow up here. <laughs> oh, um, we had, so we had TV presenters. We had people like Angelica Bell. I don't know yeah. if you remember her and her yes. husband. Um, oh God, who else was there? I guess the one from Balamori. <laughs> I, I have a question actually, touching on like music. CK, yeah. do you like, did you ever feel pressure to to kind of make your music a bit more American? Americanized, yeah. Um, no, only because I hated the American accent on music. Is it? Like, it, I hate when like English musicians try to do that. American is there a accent. reason why they do that? Do you know, or is it just sort of a stylistic choice? Um, so they can blow in America. That's it. That's okay. why even singers they try to sing in an American. Um, Tone of voice, mm, so that again it makes sense over there. Like Adele doesn't sing in a British accent. No, she doesn't. American. Mm. So yeah. I mean, to be fair, even Amy, God rest her soul, had like a very deep, like soulful tone that you would just presume mm. was yeah. an American person. I mean, yeah, it's interesting that like for us as Black Brits, we've really had to look, assur- and it's not for lack of having things. It's like lack of opportunity. I guess yeah. I mean, all of us here now. How do we feel about? Um, Because we can discuss sort of like where we're going in the future. And I think it's quite exciting. So we're going to really delve in, Kane, about like you and Gaudem Sugar and stuff. But like, how do you guys feel at the moment about where we're headed with like Black Britishness, our shows, our music, everything else? Because I personally feel like we're in a really exciting time. Like I feel like we're really going to just like burst and really be entrenched in the culture. I'm personally super excited. Um... I'm very excited as well. So I just want to shout out Black Canvas TV Woo-woo. and Motrunks um, Mo TV as well. I feel like this is a time where, as you mentioned, Black British people were really trying to create our own legacy yeah. and kind of create history, like yeah, you know, yeah. archives. 100%. Because if all of this social media stuff goes away tomorrow, what do we have to commemorate exactly. Black British culture? Exactly. I feel like we definitely are 
moving back towards it. So you know, we used to have like adulthood and kiddohood. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know what happened in between that. It we all just, just had it had like pure silence. Even now, it's just like this silent gap. Of- there was nothing. Um, I definitely see us moving more towards more festivals, music festivals with UK headliners, not American headliners. I see us having more UK shows. Yeah, UK. I think we need like UK like. A UK film festival for us also Absolutely. is essential. I think we've got stuff like Enterprise, Lab, and stuff, but what I feel like we really need, <clears throat> somewhat of a self-plug, but what I think we're missing is that kind of like insecure Atlanta kind of show. Because we always yes. have, I find that with Black British shows, if you remember like uh, Le- the Lenny Henry show, Three Non-Blondes. Mm. Oh my God, yeah, I used remember? to love Three Non-Blondes. What's, what did she say? Um, In the name of Jesus, that the bus driver. To, oh my God. Um. Gina yeah. Jeannie Yeshere I don't think so I remember Loved like Every her. like Friday at 8 of my parents I'd watch that She's in um, Is it Gina Yeshere That's in um, She's got a stand up On Netflix I know that Yeah no, no It's it's not Gina Yeshere I'm talking about I think It's one of the other ones But she, she's in Idris Elba's new thing Oh the, I, the, the, the one girl, Do you know what That's like, actually really is good it, Is it because I've heard No legit And I, Okay shout out as well To Ashley Um, So I met her on a shoot and she is um, She plays Idris Elba's uh, Love interest Okay cool She's amazing So we're is definitely that the DJ thing That you're talking about The DJ Maybe yeah. we can get her On an episode or something Absolutely awesome. Ashley just gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna DM you babe Yeah Ashley please Come come on the show Let's She's start. a sweetheart She she definitely would Come down and- Yeah but because Everything we've had Has been kind of sketch shows So I think what we need Is like a, sh- a show That is just a, a show, show. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah a show In of itself Because I find that Every time we've had Black British shows Because the last one we, time We had Even like Desmond's And stuff that my mum Used to watch When she was yeah. younger It was still kind of Comedy-ish I think Yeah we definitely Need a show that It's not it doesn't have to be Super serious But just Do you know what I a want A show Yeah I want Sort of a black version Of Skins That is not so like Oh Kind of adulthood In mm. Roadman This Like I feel like A lot of the Black British shows Unlike some of our White counterparts And our white shows mm. Are very very stereotypical And yeah. that's the only way We can make it onto the BBC Or Channel 4 It yeah, has to yeah. be The same on road The same on road Roadman I just want to Kind of Some of us live in a cul-de-sac Like do you know what I'm saying There's some middle class Black <laughs> people here I want to see Something a bit more Like reality I want to see more I don't know Hipster black girls I want to see Just just more of what do, I actually see yeah, Basically we want to see ourselves Like so Kane, Is there anything you think Like is missing on TV Because I guess you create music that is for you And I guess people like you yeah. For us, our big thing is about TV, film And theatre that's for people who are like us Is there anything you love to watch now That you would love like a black Not even like a black version of But that you think we would need Um, I'm not really sure But I know something that I want back Yeah, um, If you remember Shasti had something called Dubbit Drama oh Yes, God. I remember you was an MTV base or something And you could vote yeah. for the yeah. like, that was sick. That was, was way ahead of its time. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. I feel like And Shasta was a good actress, you know. That mm. was a double eight drama would be because you know they've got that um Black Mirror episode where you can vote what happens. Yeah, yeah. look at that. Way ahead of her time. Listen, yeah, that would that. be sick. I, I think we need something like that. Or maybe like an all black love island. Mm, <laughs> no, that, no boy. Come like back. Um <laughs> can we discuss Love Island? Yeah, please. Okay. I'm gonna let you ladies take the lead because I actually don't watch the show. Okay. Not because I'm better than the show, just I don't watch it. <laughs> I'll be very <laughs> honest and say I jumped on the Love Island bandwagon late I was like oh you man are watching that stupid show again blah, blah, blah. and then I was hooked ended up in like the metro or something because of my tweets <laughs> after one year so um, I'm sure everyone kind of has an idea of what Love Island is about it is a dating show you've got I think it's five or s- five girls and five guys okay. something like that and they 
are trying to find love, couple up. Um, love Island has been in a lot of controversy okay. because typically the women and men on the show have a have a particular aesthetic to how they look, okay. particular body shape, skin tone, everything. And time and time again, year and year, um, every black cast member that's gone on or contestant has suffered the microaggressions and the, the you know their pick lasts. They, Kel Surprise. Right. So, you know, last year was all around a, um, a girl called Samira. Okay. And Samira caught some slack because she, you know, her type was like blonde, blue eyes type of thing. Okay. So her type was not black. Um, Samira was. So is that, is that, um, what's what I'm looking for? Exclusively not black? Yeah. I don't think she's ever said I don't like black, but it's very obvious that her preference is white. Okay. Um, but we definitely saw that Samira, despite being a like seriously abusive girl, she was made to feel ugly and, mm. you know, we boiled it down to her skin tone. So now, you know, we keep saying Love Island is not for black people. So we've come again and we've got, you know, some black uh, contestants. So this year, all the controversy is around um, a cast member called Yawande. Hold tight, the Yoruba babe. Yes. <laughs> Yawande is... Beautiful. Actually Beautiful. Beautiful. Completely beautiful. She's a bad, bad bitch. She's right? the one who's a scientist. Right? She's a scientist. We love it. She went to uni at 16 years old. Right? I really don't want my mom to hear this. I don't want my mom to ever see that because of the stress. She graduated with a first class degree. Wow. That's how my mom asked me if I have two heads. She has two heads. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, as usual, the racists are coming out to play, saying that she's clapped, she's this. Um, how do you feel about it? You watched it. Yesterday, so he came. Um, Please, yes, I want your rundown. Do you know what? Yeah. Okay, then I'm gonna get, tell you guys the truth. I secretly fell asleep towards the end. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're fluffing us. I, I secretly fell asleep, but um, watching it, I was just like, oh, here we go again. To be honest mm. with you, it's like I won't be surprised. I mean, I, I mean, I have a question to ask because obviously people that watch the show. Is the show not just shallow viewing? So are we not? And again, this is me just asking because I have no expectations of this show. I don't watch mm -hmm. it. I'm not particularly attached to it. But for a show that's like a dating show, that it's like um, what's that one? Take me out with yeah. the, all the. In essence, it is not just boy. It's not just a super shallow show. So are we expecting too much from what is essentially trash TV for want of a better word? Or is there an onus on the show itself to at least be somewhat representative so the love can be representative of what exists outside of it? I think it's a bit of both. Okay. Um, my unpopular opinion is that we don't need diversity on Love Island. Okay. Love Island does not represent black people, mm -hmm. right? We only make up a very small percentage of the population. 3%. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. I really don't need to see because the, the behaviors that white people from this side of the country and this side of the country go on with is different to what we do. That's yeah, just yeah. Point. a lot, you know, culturally and because of a lot of our roots and our parents, the things that these people will do are not what black people will do. Yeah. Like no disrespect. I'm not saying that anyone's disgracing themselves. I'm just saying we have different ideals. Um, so I don't feel like we need diversity. Like I'm cool. I'm good. Big Brother is enough. Like we don't have that kind of stuff. Do you guys remember Charlie from Big Brother? This is, I'm talking like, this Who's is like, Charlie? this is like, the is it the boob one in the swimming pool? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so this is CK and understand. This is vintage Big Brother. <laughs> I'm talking like, oh, what are we saying? Like 2008, yeah. maybe? Yeah. So she's just, I think, I want to say she was a mixed race lady. Um, and she was notoriously disliked. Mm. I'm not saying she was the nicest person, but I think she got called like um, the N-word by one of the cast members who ended up getting removed from huh? the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big controversy. And... um. 
she was notoriously disliked, but I was looking at her. So because her big thing is that she's from South, whatever. Mm-hmm. She's just herself. My big Charlie, thing- Charlie, did she have like really bad weave? Yes, that was I a bit- who, And she literally spoke like a South girl. Yeah. yeah so my thing there is I feel like she was authentically herself. Yes. But because there was no, there was no polish that they wanted that would have made her attainable to other people. She was instantly disliked. I don't think she was any more frustrating than Nikki, the blonde girl. I was girl, just about to say like, that. I'm so cold. And everyone yeah. loved her. She used to jar me so much. But this is a petite blonde woman compared to like a, a slightly taller, um, you know, mixed race or black, depending on how she identifies women. And I think to me, that was an example. Then remember Makozi, the one with yeah, the afro? That's that's, that was another yeah. example. Makozi, the way she was treated. She was like, because she was from Kenya as well. So she had an accent. She was spoken to like she was stupid. She was mm. also seen as like, um, very much treated like a dirty woman. Because I think she got a guy called Craig or whatever. Yeah. So in reality TV, consistently, black women, mixed women have always been sort of the brunt um, mm-hmm. of, you know, sort of whatever joke. At the same time, colorism does play a part. So of course, I know there's a contestant called Amber, mainly because I've been like looking at the timeline. I know she has a particular preference and everything else. Amber is mixed race and has specifically said she does not like black men. Right. So I feel like colorism definitely will play a part in who is deemed attractive. I think even in the last season, I'm acting like, it's only because these girls came to my house every week to watch it. But Kaz- um, <laughs> Guys, we literally, no word of a lie, took we over had a meeting room. and we said the meeting is finishing at nine on the dot because we're watching Love Island. <laughs> every, was it like every Monday or Tuesday, they'd be at my house like, guys, Nine. So I'd be booted off my couch. They watch it. Yep. But um, so McCaz, I think she was uh, she was mixed as well. So the way yeah. she was treated compared to Samira, even though realistically they weren't too far off shade wise and stuff. Again, a lot of this stuff, I think, like you have correctly said, we only make up like three percent of the population. Mm-hmm. Probably even smaller as we start to like mix um generationally. And so I feel like how we are viewed by the majority of Middle England is not how he would like to be viewed because all the experience they have from us is on the news, on the TV. Yeah. These shows we're talking about, like, you know, not to do them disservice, but shows like adulthood, adulthood, this is the idea they have of us, is how they see us. So when we are on shows in spaces that they deem their own, they're not going to give us the service of being like, oh, she's kind of different or nice or whatever. It's like, cool, it's one of them. So, yeah, I don't know that we need to be on these shows. I feel mm-hmm. like it could be slightly damaging, but... If a black or mixed woman wants to be on the show because it makes her happy, she wants to have fun, she wants to get her boohoo sponsorship, get your sis, I will support and I will vote for you the same way my mum voted for Lamar on Fame Academy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know why I'm alright as well with like people not going on Love Island because, or, or I'd say the white members not being attracted to the black girls mm-hmm. because I feel like it's okay to like your own. Yeah, Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I'm not saying that you should exclude anyone else. Like, if you're a person that's like, I would not date this race. I, in my opinion, I think that's wrong. And I've heard, I've heard black people say that. Mm. Like, I wouldn't date someone white. I feel like that's a bit intolerant, personally. I think it definitely should be down to personality and looks and whatever else you consider. Um, but I'm okay. Like, I would personally, the reason I wouldn't want to go on Love Island is because... I know that there wouldn't be anyone on there for me because that show's not diverse. Do you know what I'm trying to say? There's mm-hmm. no one There's no one on there you're going to bring that I'm going to be interested also, in. Also, I have shame. <laughs> My grandma will see that show and next in the family group chat will be getting lit up. I don't. <laughs> but that I would, go on, I, I would go on Love Island. I think it creates like I a cut, lot of good opportunities. My grandma already cussed me out for using a dog filter. I'm I put so it on my finished. WhatsApp picture. She was like, I don't like it. It looks demonic. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I, I, you know, people are always like, oh yeah, Love Island, they don't represent bodies and the normal bodies and I think that's okay as well because it's kind of like you almost I feel like do you want to see and 
I don't want to be presumptuous here, but my thing is like, and this is me speaking from my position of a black woman. I can't tell a fat woman what she wants. I can't tell a very, very slim woman what mm-hmm. she wants. Just speaking as a as an able-bodied black woman, I don't know that I necessarily want to see someone like me and have to deal with the... Because tra- for me, the trauma isn't just about watching the woman feel like crap. Because that's triggering in itself. Because mm-hmm. I remember some scenes of Samira when I used to watch you guys Honestly, made me uncomfortable. The, Samira made me emotional last year. It was... It, it's triggering. It was so triggering. I went to, back to school when listen, I first came to this country. I went to an all-white school. I was like, I, I was Samira for a good eight years. Like, I don't want to live that again. But not just that. It's also the, the comments you get on social media. Because remember, social media is an open forum. So what I have been seeing kind of not actually paying attention to my social break, um, is a lot of people making very derogatory comments towards you one day. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's also stressful because I'm like, Ugh, okay. And it's stressful because Yuande is actually beautiful. Like, not even that she's an average black girl; she's a way above average. From what I've seen, she's so absolutely it's like stunning. what what hope do you, you know the little average people like Listen. like we have? You know what I'm saying, or me? So I mean, but if we I mean if we look at prime example, Meghan Markle holds like the Duchess of Sussex and the new baby Archie. Mm-hmm. Hope you guys are both Archie doing Bond. well. You know, we'll send you some uh, baby rusk in the post. Um, basically, my thing is like even if you look at the way she's been treated, and she's a pretty much a white passing mm-hmm. woman. It kind of shows this country, for all intents and purposes, as much as we do want to be seen as this forward-thinking liberal country, we're not. At the end of the day, London is not the UK. I like to always remind people, London is really not the UK. Even the experience of black people in London is very different experience for a black person in Leeds, in Manchester, in Wales. So I think we definitely have a long way to go about having an honest conversation about race in this country. And I think going back to the Spike Lee comment, where they may see is we have Stockholm syndrome, and that statement really irritated me. Mm-hmm. And just to explain, not that you guys don't understand but just for anyone who may not know Stockholm Syndrome is something that was determined that if someone's been captured so you know when people are kidnapped and they fall in love with their captor they call that Stockholm Syndrome because when you've been kept in a very um, unhealthy environment what you do to survive is you grow attachment to whoever is your source of survival so if someone has captured you and they're tying you up they are the you know, basically the difference between life and death for you. So you fall in love with them, not because you love them, but you love the fact they they provide you the ability to live and breathe. So really what Spike was saying in that dialogue is that we are in love with colonialism. We are in love with the fact that we were colonized, which is why we're here, because we're basically worshiping our captors. Listen, we have no control over whether the queen is still the queen. We have no control over how strong the pound is. We're just here trying to hustle. We were invited here. Do you not let much. Trump get elected? So you guys really should not be talking like, about it. Like we did a fleet. We're, we're really trying our best here. I mean, we have May. We didn't elect her. So that's our saving grace. Um, but yeah, I think going back to that comment, I think is, I would say that we... Uh, we need to have an honest conversation about what race is like for us because I think we're very British in the way we discuss race. Brit- racism happens to us in a very British way and we project it very Britishly, which means we don't talk about it. We circumnavigate it. And then when we do discuss it, it's on like news panels and whatever else. And a news panel is going to be watched by a very, very specific group of people who want to irritate the person talking. And look at Afua Hirsch. She hmm. said she flat out refuses to do these interviews anymore because there's no honesty in those there conversations. Isn't. Everyone None. wants to act like it's not happening. Right. And this is what I'm saying. And it's a very British thing of like, let's sweep it under the rug. Let's sweep it under the rug. And I think black British people, same way black Americans are American first black british people as much as they want to admit it we're actually british first because mm. yes you were born in jamaica and yes your family's from congo and mine's from nigeria but the way we behave if we go back to those places they're gonna say you're from foreign mm-hmm. they're gonna say you're british they're gonna say I'm, what, we're mm. actually we're like a child of two worlds you know mm. so we are very british and i think the big thing this generation needs to break is to not be afraid to be like no this is exactly what it's like for us because Stephen lawrence story god rest his soul is very much out there as like a, basically a very racist thing that happened in 1991 or 1991, I think it was. 
But more has happened since then. On my bus journey home and to work every day, I pass, I've forgotten what his name is. I think his name's Rashan, um, the guy who was choked at the off license. Yeah. The bus yeah. that I ride to work, I pass the flowers that are laid for him every single day, going mm. to work and coming back home. And so if this is something that we're still living in, we have to be honest as whether it's in, our, you know, our music doesn't have to be heavy, but whether we discuss it in our music, whether we discuss it in our art, in our theatre shows, we need to start doing this more. Because what Americans do do is even though, you know, for them, they may be exhausted and be tired of their identity being tied with trauma, they've at least been like, look, this is what we have happening to us. They don't have control over all of, it, all of it, but what they do, they're upfront about. We as black Brits now, I think in our work needs to be like, listen, this is what it's like to be black British. Both the good, you know, which is like, we're funny, we're great, we're interesting, we have great dresses. Yes. And the, <laughs> and the bad, because there is a lot of bad that happens in this country. And the longer we're silent about it, the more they can say, well, Americans have it worse or, mm. you know, it's not this and the other. That's interesting as well. Actually, CK, you have a song, um, a, re- a freestyle story called or around racism, don't you? Yeah, talk to us about it. Um, I don't even know what to say. Childline basically um, got in contact with me and asked me to write a freestyle about racism in the UK. So I just touched a little bit on it. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit on everything you said. And I think, so writing it for you, what was the process? Did you like tap into anything? I mean, I mean, it's kind of almost silly to say, did you tap into anything that happened? You're a black woman in the UK, but what was your process in writing it? Did you kind of, did it just come to you free or did you sort of look around to um, get inspired? I mainly my my little brother, he goes for it all the time. Like mm-hmm. he, he even says that um when he goes past the police car or something, he freezes up. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, like all the time. So it was quite easy for me to tap into that. And I got a lot of male friends that go through mm. a lot of police brutality and whatnot. So yeah, I found it quite easy to. Do you know how scary it is just having a younger brother in this country as well? Yeah. It's crazy. I saw someone tweeting recently how their brother was on the way to school, um, actually got thrown to the ground and had like grazes on his chin and arms and legs and they yeah. entered his bag and they just found revision books. And I think, for, I don't have a younger brother, but of course mm. there's men in my life who are very important to me and even my younger sister. You just, I feel like this climate we're in is so hostile and it's not that it's ever been comfortable, mm. but it's almost like it's been ramped up suddenly. Yeah. And it's not, I guess what I said, this is what I mean. Like when I feel like we need to just be louder about the things that are happening. Yeah. Because like I said, it's only a select number of us and no one else is going to shout about it besides us. And I'm sure Carla is tired of being the same person. The one <laughs> spokesperson the one, for black know, Something happened, let's call her Carla. I'm sure he's like, listen, I just want to chill. Like we need to have art that, you know, what you've done, Kane, is incredible because what you've done now is it's a time capsule. No one can get rid of that. You yeah. know, your song is yeah. there. It tells yeah. that story. It's honest. The work we create, adulthood for as much as we say, okay, we don't want just these stories. Adulthood is important because it shows like what life was like at that time. The things that we're doing, what things are like for us, you know, even Top Boy that's coming out now and, you know, thanks to Drake for investing back into the culture. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's going to tell a spe- very, very specific story. But like, you know, Mon is saying, it's really not the only story we need to hear because even for middle-class black people or upper middle-class, whoever, racism doesn't escape you. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you go, you're always going to be black. So our experiences, even if it's not a policeman smashing you into the ground, it could be something else. In the corporate world, you know, because I experienced that like I work in more of a corporate job yeah and just just down to the microaggressions around my hair like I literally when me and the billow were speaking about this um prior mm. off the back of a, one of her tweets I literally would have like anxiety about going into, into work, work with a new hairstyle yeah. and being asked oh is this your first day <laughs> like now we've actually worked together for a year you know that like legit you tell me about your kids so that or you know oh can I touch your hair just just mm. all of that so I think regardless of where you are in that food chain or what class you come from, you're always seeing black first. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, So 
Now that we have the wonderful CK in here, <laughs> um, there's a show called Gaudem Sugar. On Let's BBC. introduce. We haven't really Let's introduced drum CK roll. properly. Okay, We've been cool. talking. I'm going to drum roll. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Girl, I dropped my phone. All right, I'm drum Breaking rolling. All right, Mon, you ready? I'm ready. And go. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we have the wonderful, amazing, super talented C Kane. She's a rapper from <laughs> North London Sorry. and South London. Hold tight, oh, North London. She's <laughs> a festival shutdowner. Is it? She, I'm saying she has performed at a, a, a wide range of festivals from wireless. She's- she's performing at Park Life soon. You know, Ooh, let me let, love let, it. Let me just a taster. Um, and yes, she is on BBC's newest show around five female artists uh, from the UK called Galdem Sugar. So we are very privileged to have her in the thank building. Thank you, Kay. Thanks for coming. Kay, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much for coming. So I guess the first question I'm going to ask is, I guess everyone always asks, how did you get into music? Um, I've always been in music. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Literally, if I see a guitar, I'd be like, hmm, that looks interesting. And then I'll try play something. Mm. If I see a keyboard, same thing. But um, it got like rapping. I reckon when I went, Sixth form And then all my friends Were like Oh you're actually Quite cold That's spitting bars And then I took it seriously From there I love that Thanks man <laughs> <laughs> So um, Let's get it A little into The show okay. So I think The show follows um, A few other artists uh, Pre Wavy Cassie um, Madders Tiff Actually So if you guys are I remember right, her On Twitter was, right Yeah I was gonna yeah. say Let me give her A little shout out Because um, you know People are quite harsh to her And she's yeah. stuck with it And she did her thing The whole time mm-hmm. I like Because she had Great clapbacks so I enjoyed her Proper. I thoroughly enjoyed her And um, <laughs> another artist Called Laughter So how was like The filming process Did they Did the BBC reach out to you Or did you have to audition Um do you know what? It was like an audition, but it wasn't. So they emailed me mm-hmm. and told me they want me to be a part of their show called Girl and Sugar. Um, but what I had to do was meet them at a cafe. So I went and met them. And then they were like, all right, we've asked like 20 other girls. Come back in two weeks to the office, talk some more. So um, I spoke to the head and she actually did... Um, what is the one you mentioned? The one on Channel 4? The Is it BB? What? The Big Brother? Big Brother, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did Big Brother and loads of other stuff. So she was like, yeah, tell me about your story. So I had to like open up. And then she was like, okay, we'll let you know within the next couple of days whether or not we pick you as the final six. Yeah. Mm. And um, so then I got a phone call saying, yeah, they picked me. There was actually meant to be six of us, but then one of them, one of the girls dropped out. Okay. okay. Yeah, so... Okay, yeah. and um, so I I watched the um the episode, so they're like twenty minute episodes, guys. Definitely watch it. It's everything we we're talking about about mm-hmm. the the British space. So it's we not exclusively that. Black British, but it's definitely the British space. Um, and it's a reality TV show following the girls around you know creating this podcast and around their music career. So I think in the first episode, there's a lot of conversation about image. Um, mm. Cool. What's been kind of your like experience of being? Like a black woman in the music industry in terms of your image. Okay. Also, especially as a dark skinned black woman. Right. Shout out dark skinned girls, free dark skinned women in the room. Well, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna talk. <laughs> <laughs> Do this every every week. I personally feel, yeah. It's, it's gonna sound mad, but it is what it is, isn't it? Bring if, it, bring the controversy. If I was lighter, I would the bust time ago. Mm. As in time ago. Um, if not that, if I was showing off boobs. And and, and and bomb I would have bust time ago Like I even had um, Labels tell me like Yeah if you change that If you should Do this and that and that 
you're gone, but that's not me, so I'm not. And no, of course, you stay yeah. true to yourself. That's that's it. So um, in the first episode, we kind of touch in, touch onto it, mm. where I'm talking about image and whatnot. But if you listen to like the podcast, I think it's the third podcast. That's where we talk about image. Yes, Gardam should have a podcast on this. On um, yeah. I think you can catch it on BBC Sounds. Yes. Um, where they talk about you know everything that the, they talk about I on love the show. That. Yeah. And also, I have another question actually. Um, Uh-oh. so there was a there's a <laughs> clip of you I caught where it's yeah. pretty much gone viral. It's like I think it's on like, is it more on more than quarter of a million views? It's on like wow. five hundred. There you go, half a million views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, on, just casually. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was on BBC as well. Yeah. And it was about you speaking about like the fact that there needs to be more women in all of the industries. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Like more female promoters and sound engineers. Can you just like kind of elaborate on that? Because that clip was quite short. Um, basically, on the podcast, we were saying um, what, what could we do to encourage more females to be artists? And I was like... Um, Maybe if we had more female producers or more female engineers, then girls will ask, they, they will be like, oh, where's all the girls at? And then they will try reach mm-hmm. out to people to be like, oh, you should try this and try that. Like in the industry, I don't even know how many sound engineers I know. I haven't ever been to a female sound engineer, full stop. Yeah. I've never worked with a female producer ever. But I know now nowadays they're coming out, but it's still not enough. It's not even 10, to be honest with you. I don't think there's 10 names. Do you know why that's interesting as well? Like, as in Black Femme Film, what we try to do is we try our best to only work Mm. with females. And it's the same, like, for Mm. us, I think we found it difficult sometimes when we first looked at DJs. Mm. I think the DJ industry is very, very heavily... Heavily male. male Male-orientated. And I feel like, hmm, this is not a disrespect to women, but, like, I feel like a lot of female DJs feel like they don't need to be talented because of their looks. Yeah. So you find that you find a lot of female DJs that don't can't mix, don't have good song choice, and they're just pretty faces because that's what the the men want. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're they're excelling in their career, not really having to work. But yeah. That's the same with um rapping. There's a lot of rappers that are not good, but because they're light skin. Oh, drop names, drop names. They're, I'm no, I'm names. <laughs> <laughs> because they're light skin, they got body People are like, yeah. Exception cool. Meg the Stallion, she is just outstanding. Yeah, but she writes her bars. There's certain yeah. rappers that don't actually write their bars. Mm. What's the girl, um, the white girl in um America? What bad, bad, bad bar? Yeah, she's not writing none of her bars. I think. I mean, speaking of music and black Britishness, who I am like obsessed with in like the least creepy way. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to stress that case girl on the show, Little Sims. I think Cold. we were speaking about her recently. I well. feel yeah. like she not only is she the greatest. MC in this country mm-hmm. I'll say it in my chest The greatest MC <laughs> in this country mm-hmm. I think her ability Because she's in the new Top Boy I think her ability to storytell So um, what's that track? 101 FM Her, okay. her So basically on her latest album 101 FM is this track That basically just tells the story of like After school Hanging with your friends mm-hmm. Your mum asking where you are Your boys getting stopped by the police But the way she tells the story It's like it's on Pirate Radio You know how Choice FM used to be mm-hmm. So it's this it's pure nostalgia And the way that she raps it Is like for those three minutes It's back in 2009 You've got the shoelaces in your hair You've got the matching Striped <laughs> yeah, top from Primark yeah. you, I think for me The reason why I love her Is because It doesn't matter what she's rapping about I'm like okay This is This is Little Sims This is a story she's telling I can relate This is for us and Whether she's blown in America Or whatever She to me is still so authentically British and amazing mm. And I wish that she got more props than she gets. And also, I think for rappers like Little Sims and for like yourself, your ability to storytell is like magical. 
I mean, obviously you have film writers. I mean, you know, we show through moving image and stuff, but what you guys do is force people to create that image in their mind, which yeah. is freaking amazing. Thanks, man. Thanks, Drawing man. back to the show as well. So I know, I think everyone expects like women drama. Yeah. yeah. Did you feel that pressure to like... Yes. Yeah? 100%. Oh, wow. Too bad girls. Them... <laughs> They basically forced controversy. Okay. Yeah. Like the controversy wasn't there. But if you watch it, whoops. But if you watch it. <laughs> <And> now, <whoop. laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, meme culture. We love, love. Oh, my days. But um, yeah, the controversy wasn't there. But um, I don't even know if I should be saying it, but it is what it is. Yeah, the editing <laughs> was quite dramatic. In the yeah. first, guys, watch the first episode, definitely. I was like, oh, there's going to be drama next. Like, in, especially, it seems like there's going to be drama between you and uh, Laugh Laughter. Up. But that's the thing, yeah. Um, okay, then. I'm going to... Guys, tea. Ready, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sat up. Um, we... The way we shot it was wild. To, um, they wanted me to be... The second episode, they wanted me to talk about something very personal that I didn't want to talk about. So okay. because I refused to, they took me out of the second episode. Oh. Wow. And um, I think whilst we were shooting the fourth episode, they realized something was said during the first podcast. So then they were like, okay, we're going to shoot the last episode on this day, but we also want you to shoot the second episode. So I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, yeah, but bring some female friends with you. I was like... Okay, oh. I'll try whatever. And then um, I got there. What they do because it's a reality TV show, they can't really tell you what to say. Yeah. But what they would do is they'd be like, um, so like, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but if you were to say something like this, it would work. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So um, they were like talking and talking. They were like, yeah, talk about that. Talk about this. Talk about how you felt about when laughter said this. I was like, huh? When did she say that? And they were like, yeah, on the first podcast, she tried to say this and that. So I was just thinking, what are you guys even talking about? And then he pulled out his notepads. They oh pulled out gosh. the phone, put in the headphones. Oh, I swear to wow. you. And they were like, yeah, she said this and this and this. And you was like, oh. Da, 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 da. And so they were like, yeah, so we need you to um, talk about that for that. So then they just created a controversy through that. And were you concerned about like how... You'd be portrayed Obviously you're Black angry girl Yeah I was gonna say You're yeah. the only dark skinned girl yeah. On there as well I'm, And you're the tallest too like, Do you know feel like You come across intimidating or? Um, I know I, I come across As intimidating I know it And she's bad. a big softy guys I am a teddy Gives bear a, She's great hugs oh, Big <laughs> I am, I know I'm a I'm, Because I'm tall You know mm. And um, I've got a resting bitch face <laughs> So if you don't actually Talk to me you, you just think, oh, she's that, me and all Yeah, yeah. And I'm I not definitely like that. thought that of you before I met you. Yeah, see, everyone thinks that. So I'm just used to it. But um, even with the controversy, they they didn't want it the, the show to be like that. Good. But they still forced it out because yeah. it's what gets the views. Of course. Of yeah. Course. But um, I was a, a bit upset because it's like, oh, why me? Because I'm a black girl. I was going to say, so know? they chose you specifically to have the controversy. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, before that, there was another controversy there that and I was like if you guys don't take it out I'm, I'm not gonna be a part of it type thing so they took that out but okay. anyways yeah so tell us what do yeah. you like have coming up what have you been working on girl <laughs> um, <laughs> um I've got obviously park life I've got Jeez. headline no not headline I'm performing P Money's headline show at O2 
I've then got my EP. I've got loads of things. I can't even lie to you. So we're hearing new music, yeah? hundred percent. I yeah, think that's what um, people need because I actually don't have a body of work and still my name's circulating. I think it's actually quite rude now. So I think I'm not being biased. Yeah. I definitely think this is your, your year. Um, yeah. I've been looking at some of the just even the things that people say, and um, you know, you're mentioned on. I know um, Timeline Show has mentioned you. I know what's that show? Um, what is that show called? Which one? Um, what is his name? He. Shop. Which one? Key. No, what are you trying to say? What There's show? a podcast where basically men were rating CK and Love saying it. like... Chucky Online. Chucky Online, that's the yeah. one. Um, Just basically saying that you're the only female artist that they've ever seen be able to actually go head to head with guys and guys actually feel spun. So I definitely think like not being biased, you're really talented and you have Thanks, like man. quite like a parallel um sound as in you do obviously grime and that's what you're known for but you also rap and you also <laughs> sing that's and um Thanks, pull out the guitar and do you know what i'm saying do the sweet stuff so i feel up acoustic this is it? what i'm saying <laughs> so, the babes <laughs> oh but thank you so much for coming thank on this episode kane it's been an absolute pleasure thank and you and of course so in the roundup before we have the fourth yeah. come on can't kane i'm gonna let you cook up something spectacular oh, i can't even think um in the roundup so yeah. is there anything we're gonna watch that we want people to watch with us or anything that we have watched that we want to discuss I've got two actually Go shoot shoot Um, One is one I've been seeing On Twitter called Is it called When They See Us When They See Us About the Central Park Five Right yeah. I do I almost don't want to watch it Because uh, Black trauma But I do Um, And another one is um, Line of Fire I bet you that's not what Line of called. Duty Line of Duty <laughs> <laughs> Line of Duty So I've been seeing this circulate on Twitter as well um, I've been seeing really good things about it Again, British show I'm really trying to get more into British shows Yeah, yeah um, Unless, you know Americans, Americans Apparently You know what I'm saying Apparently we've got Stockholm Syndrome So I'm good <laughs> So please watch that with us guys Yeah, please do And there's something called Always Be My Maybe uh, American Netflix thing there But um, Always Be My Maybe That's, uh, I think, a majority Asian cast um, which is pretty awesome So I'm going to watch that I've heard nothing but good mm. things And oh, Is there anything else I'm watching? I guess I'm going to get back Into Killing Eve And I think Top No Top Boy's not back Until autumn So yeah mm. I think those are probably The two main things That I'm going to be watching How about you? Is there anything you want to be watching Kim? Mm, anything um, Monique tells me to watch <laughs> As long as you know um, Okay cool And any films so I'm going to watch John Wick this weekend I'm going to be like John Wick is so good yeah. Okay cool yeah. well, Let me tell you I'm going to tell you I don't I think I watched the first one. Is that one they killed his dog or stole his car? Both. Yeah, then I'm definitely missed both the second one. Both of them. I definitely missed the second one. <laughs> <laughs> you, but, you should watch both of them. Okay, I'll watch both. I'll find some time this week to watch both. Then watch the second one. Um, and so I'm watching John Wick this week. And I like it because the film doesn't try and do too much. It is what it is. You just reminded me. Um, me and Kane went to watch Aladdin. With Will Smith uh-huh. Okay Okay We want to, I want to know your roses uh-huh. Your thoughts Okay Because the clips I've seen Because been... I love Bollywood I'm actually going to give it Like a three Three and a half rose And a stem Because Okay cinema, <laughs> No seriously Like d- dance sequence wise And all of that It was great Will Smith definitely Made that movie I'll okay. be honest Okay Without Will Smith That movie would not have been As enjoyable From yeah. Question So from the clip that I saw On Twitter The So Prince Ali Happy That yeah. one Yeah was slower than I remember it. Was it like, I don't know if someone sped it down for copyright, but was it quite slow? No, it wasn't. It was fast. Yeah. And do you know what? So the, I read up, there was quite a bit of controversy about the um, main actress because she's, she's actually, English. Eng- she's English and Indian. And um, supposedly, obviously, um, uh, where Aladdin is set is supposed to be 
Like Arab, Arab or Like Arabian yeah. um, But You know Rightly so What she said is Fam it's Fairy tale It's not real mm-hmm. So it doesn't need to Necessarily follow that um, Down to the T But no I enjoyed it It was a cute watch it's, Don't expect anything amazing It's not going to change your So life. basically expect The cartoon version But with people I'm pretty Did you fall asleep? No, I didn't fall asleep. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not that bad, guys. Um, but yeah, and I guess also coming up, we have Lion King starring yes, yes. Miss Beyonce. And I heard that Black Film Film was doing something for Lion King. I heard Lil Birdie, Birdie might have said something about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, because we don't sleep So we'll find some time to do this too um, But yeah, now I'm super excited So Kane yes. Okay, run me my forfeit It's it's your time I don't even know I, while, while, while you think of this forfeit, right I would just like to say that <laughs> And guys, I need you to back me up on Twitter Yeah, Please at us, Real Talk Pod I need you guys to help me implement a rule Where it's like, does, you can only do three forfeits And then after that, you have to be excluded Like, because this is not fair Boo! <laughs> so it's not fair What was your last forfeit? I said to her, would you have the walk of shame That Cersei did in Game of Thrones But scoop the doo-doo off of a tortilla and eat it or oh. go <laughs> Yeah she's tapped like, If you didn't know Oh Like her oh. dealer's real good So basically the very first episode I said that Don't Okay I don't want you to judge me Yeah But the very first episode Of this podcast I went on Cora Because I really love Watching prison shows But like I'm very immersive Like I want to be lost In the world of what I'm watching So I went on Cora And I googled like What does prison smell like And this prisoner Let me know what it smelled like Oh <laughs> Oh <laughs> So apparently it smells like bleach and bum. There you go. If you can't think of one, I'm sure Maya will with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, with her screws loose. Go in there, Maya. You give me this damn forfeit. Yeah, because I the thing I was thinking about is bare PG compared to that. I was thinking about (laughs) suck a guy's toes or something. Like Oh, that's light work on this one. Very light. That's casual for a Tuesday evening. (laughs) Um, okay. Here we go. I'm even all right, cool. Gosh. So back last year There was a fatberg In Whitechapel To explain people what A, a what? Fat, a fatberg Now to explain what a fatberg is That is thing it, in the Under the ground So when your drains are blocked This is when there's An amalgamation of Cooking oil Diapers Tampons Tampons Sewage General debris Just clogging up A pipe So they have one of those In uh, in Whitechapel So my My forfeit for you My darling Monique Would you rather be served a portion of fatberg and eat it. No seasoning, no salt. Wow. No, nothing to dull the taste. No water to chase either. You gotta let it simmer in your mouth 15 minutes. Mad. <laughs> or <sighs> even I, I'm even I'm struggling to <laughs> my, or, my head is in my hands. Or okay. Eat a live rat baby. Do you know what, yeah? <laughs> I think I'll eat the rat, yeah, because wow. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a foodie. <laughs> Shout out to food dog. I'll eat anything. I'm sure, yeah. I'm yeah, I just feel like I would just not want to eat tampons. So I just feel like <laughs> a rat is the closest thing to chicken out of those two things. So I feel like I, and also rat babies are small, so I feel like it's not that much. I'll chew that but motherfucker. It's, it's live. Do you know what that reminds me of? That show Fair Factor I would bang that show out You know you have to eat Like cows t- Balls you can't this. And live spiders I'll, I'll run that No no but wow. it's, a, it's a rat baby like, I'll it's, eat- it's alive I will chew Ratatouille The fuck up <laughs> No <laughs> 
Let's go. This is why you don't give me these damn forfeits. Because you know I'll do everything. God damn it. Kane, what would you have done? Uh, I'd die. <laughs> you know, you've got to take me. Honestly, <laughs> spontaneously combusted. That's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank for you tuning so this much. And our honourable member CK and the Thanks Five. again for coming and Sorry. sharing our madness. Yes, okay. Madness is all we got. And like I said, guys, you can uh, check CK now. Where? What's your socials, babe? It's C C A N E. Okay, and you can check us out too at Real Pod, and Real at, Talk Pod, Real Talk Pod, and at Black Femme Film for everything else. We keep it simple Come for on. you, ladies. Real Talk Pod because we're funny and we're smart. Of course. <laughs> Good night. Bye. <laughs>